everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I am your host, Julie Mullins, and I am so honored that you're joining us for the kickoff of season six of our podcast. And I am super pumped because today I have my dear friend, Lisa Harper, with me. And um, Lisa... so excited to be here. We're so honored that you're here. I love watching you do this because you just, you have this (laughs) effervescence that's contagious. Like I'm grinning so big just here at the beginning, my cheeks are starting to cramp. Well, I love what we get to do together having these really great conversations meaningful conversations just just to help girls and there's a lot of guys out there too to be able to step in welcome gentlemen yeah we do we welcome all of you we know you're listening out there (laughs) but just to really be able to step into the calling that God has on their lives and you know um, for those of you who don't know Lisa is she is a um, a a preacher and a speaker at women's conferences all over the world and hot mess on a stick you're you're gonna balance it out Pastor Julie but you literally (laughs) have just been God's blessed you with a platform to be able to speak into the lives of just thousands of women and we're so honored that you're here with us at our amazing women's event this week but she's an author a writer she is a motorcycle writer a motorcycle writer that's right and also you have authored 14 books can you believe that but when she's not riding motorcycles she's (laughs) spending a lot of time with her daughter Missy that's right and I can't wait to hear a bit of her story and your latest book is a devotional called Life, and we're going to make sure we link that in the show notes, as well as your study of the book of Luke, which I have been basking in these last few weeks. I can't believe you chose to do that. Thank you. It has been amazing. And so I'm excited about this conversation because um, because many of us that um, that have been following you for a while, we know a little bit of your story and your testimony. And um, and God just had you on a journey Mm -hmm. of faithfulness and a season of waiting for many, many years. And it it really is around the adoption of your incredible daughter, Missy. And I would love for you you to share a little bit about that adoption journey and some of the the hard lessons that you had to learn along the way well you're you're always kind but you're especially kind in this conversation to call (laughs) it waiting which Mm. makes it sound like I was being faithful Mm. um I wasn't always faithful in the waiting um pastor I there was a there was a season that I just was kind of you know, gutting it out. I became a believer when I was a a little kid. My dad left our family and my mom took us to a new church because there was so much gospel in our old church. And, and the first Sunday in this new church, I heard this pastor talk about our heavenly father is a dad who doesn't leave his kids. Wow. And I was so drawn by the idea of being loved by a heavenly father who wouldn't walk out that I walked an aisle, you know, little church walked an aisle and gave my heart to Jesus but um, I didn't think God liked me very much. I knew he had to save me, that that was part of his job description uh, for sinners. But I just thought if if he really knew me by then, there was already some molestation in my story. I felt pretty dirty, pretty damaged. And so I thought I'm just going to keep my head down and be a good girl because if I if I'm not really, really good, he'll he'll recognize that he lowered the bar to let me into his kingdom and uh, and he'll be disappointed. 
And so to say that I was maybe not ruled by fear as as a adolescent Christian, as a young adult Christian, I was definitely um, impacted by fear, uh, shame, fear, failure, uh, shame, never feeling good enough for God. And so um, I was very, very attra- attracted to abusive men. That mm-hmm. was part of my backstory. And, you know, our God is so good. He protected me from the stinkers I was most drawn to. And then the few good godly guys I dated, he protected them from me because (laughs) I was just a mess relationally. And so it wasn't until later adulthood when I was in my, you know, late 30s, early 40s, that I feel like God pulled out the the deepest roots of toxicity. And by then I thought, well, I've I've sabotaged my shot at becoming a parent because I'm too old to be a biological parent. And that's kind of where adoption came in. So in a Bible study when I was in high school, um, my best friend and I started Bible study with a fellowship of Christian athletes. We had an ulterior motive. We knew football players would come to the Bible study. (laughs) Perfect. Um, But way back, 1981, I was 17. Cindy and I were studying the theme of adoption in Scripture. And we made a pact as 17-year-olds that both of us, when we grew up, and of course we assumed we'd get married and would be in some church somewhere that we would adopt. Well, in the ensuing decades, I kind of forgot that promise I made to God when I was 17. It wasn't until I was in my 40s and went to a women's conference, uh, much like sisterhood, and heard a woman, I thought she was doing a breakout on missions because that's what the, you had some catchy little title. I went because I knew she was fun and it wouldn't be a boring breakout. She started talking about adoption. And she quoted that verse in James where as Christ followers, we're supposed to take care of widows and orphans. She was a teeny little blonde girl, but she was so bossy. She just looked out at us and she said, what are you doing about it? And I remember thinking, oh, oh gosh, I don't know if I can't do anything about adoption because I'm I'm 40. I'm probably too old to adopt. But that reminded me of that promise I'd made to God yeah. when I was a kid, when I was in high school. And he is such a redeemer that that's when he kind of began the story. And um, so it, my, I always say I had to have an elephant's gestational period. It took me a long <laughs> time to become a mom. But, um, but I lost two adoptions prior to Missy. And uh, it was two years adopting Missy from Haiti after her first mom died wow. and brought her home in 2014. And it has been um, pretty glorious ever since. Wow. I love that. I love that. You know, there's a, such a richness to your story that I, I just think about the fact that God is always on time at, always. every time every that time. it's never too late to be Mm-mm. who you could have been. No. And the seeds that he plants in, right. in, in the, in the times that we're seeking him, those, they don't die. They don't expire. They don't expire. Right. And, right. and that is so beautiful. And it's, it's so beautiful to see now, you yeah. know, and, and you just kind of told the short version, yeah. but I also know that, you know, that the, even the process of, of receiving Missy into your mm-hmm. home. I want to just share a little bit about that. Some of the, the, the hard turns that it took along the way. Yeah, there were some definitely some hard turns. Um, I love that you, you highlighted it's never too late mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people believe the lie that right. what happened in my past impedes my future. Yes. And that is not biblically defensive. Uh, defensive. There are 
there are consequences for sin. I had some real relational sin when I was younger. And and again, I I, I didn't trust that God could redeem the mm-hmm. mess of my story. Um, so I focused more on being good than being faithful and mm-hmm. trusting. Um, I'm a slow learner. It took me a, a long time to believe that he can and will redeem um, the years we've served after locusts on silver platters. But yeah, I lost two adoptions prior to Missy, one at the 11th hour, four days before I was supposed to bring the baby home. And Julie, I was eviscerated. I remember thinking, um, I just remember thinking, I'm not sure I can peel my heart back up off the pavement after this. And it was just two weeks after that loss that, um, an old friend I hadn't seen in years called me and she had heard through the adoption grapevine that I'd lost this adoption at the 11th hour. And she said, I'm so sorry. I know, you know, that had to gut you. But she said, Lisa, I um, just got home from Haiti last night while I was in Haiti. I was in a very rural village. They were they were uh, building a commercial kitchen to feed the kids in this rural village. And she said one of the young moms died of AIDS wow. and left behind a two-year-old who's really, really sick. She has tuberculosis and HIV and cholera and malnourished and she said um, while we were at the hospital the doctor told us because her name was Missy she didn't have any extended family to take care of her and the doctor said she would die in two months in the Haitian system and he said do you have anybody really anybody in a first world country who would be willing to step into her story because she's not in a crash she's right. not in an orphanage so she might not even be adoptable so it's going to have to be somebody who Basically, we'll take a huge right. risk. Do you know anybody like that? My friend Michelle said she's sitting there in Haiti. She's only there for three days. All this just happened wow. in this little village and just so happened to be with a friend of mine who knew I'd lost an adoption. And she said as she was sitting there, the Holy Spirit just said to her, Lisa Harper's supposed to be this, this little girl's <laughs> mom. So she said, I don't know if you have the bandwidth to pray about this, but I really feel like the Lord told me. And my friend Michelle is not given to signs and wonders. She's kind of a she's right. kind of a, a non-demonstrative <laughs> lover of Jesus. So for her to hear something wow. like that, she's just not given to that. So it was it was kind of a big deal. And she said, "Would you be willing to to pray about this?" And I said, "No." I said, "I've been praying about this for thirty years. Sign me up." And then Julie, you know me, and you know what a mess I am. Just in case any of your listeners think. Um, there's anything in me that is admirable. As soon as I got off the phone, I said a word that's not in the Bible. (laughs) So I was like, oh, my heavens to Betsy, what have I done? You know, I'm old. I don't know how to do this. The doctors are saying she'll pass away. Wow. But that's the thing about redemption. We don't have to know how God is going to redeem it. Right. We just have to take the next right step. Yes, that's so good. And the next right step led to Haiti. And the first time they put her in my arms... Six weeks later, I looked down at this, I mean, precious. She was two years old. She was really sick. She was 18 pounds. And um, she looked up at me. I'll never forget it the rest of my life. She looked at She didn't like me mm-hmm. at first because I'm just this big, pale stranger. But she looked up at me, and I looked down at her, and I thought, my whole life has led to this. Now, Missy's not my hope. Jesus is my right. hope. But Missy is tangible grace. Right. Mm-hmm. I looked down at her, and I thought, oh. 
It was like stick of fork and me undone. Wow. She looked up at me like I would like to stick a fork at you because <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust you, you big, big pale woman. Um, but after, after, I don't know, maybe 30 or 45 seconds of glaring at me, she reached up this tiny little hand and grabbed my pinky finger and said, Aloe. She talked real gruffly because she had <laughs> tuberculosis. She said, Aloe, Mama Blanc. Hello, White mm. Mama. I mean, that was it. That was wow. just it. So the next two years were hard. Somebody asked me recently, what was your adoption like, the actual process? And I said, well, it was kind of like hiking up a steep mountain in the rain on rollerblades. <laughs> it was just, right. you know, some, some days you go, I'm <laughs> not sure I'm not going to slide all the way back down the bottom. I mean, this seems untenable. But again, he gives us today's grace. He doesn't give us tomorrow's grace. So it's definitely one of those just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Trust that he's good. Yeah. Even when life is cruddy, mm-hmm. our God is good. So good. And uh, it was almost exactly two years from the beginning of our story to when I brought her home, April 14, 2014. So it was so worth the wait. Wow. Anything that God offers That's right. is worth That's the right. wait. And is Missy 12? She's 13. 13. Oh, my goodness. And now, now, like when I see your Instagram post, when I, (laughs) you know, when when I see Missy on the platform with you, 13 years later, like it is such a victory. It's so beautiful, right? I mean, I'm a pathologically biased mom, but she is a happy She's so happy. And you guys are so happy. And it's so beautiful. And it could be easy. For someone to look at the end of your story, right, right, and see the victory without right. seeing the process that oh, yeah. happened along the way. Yes, well, when she was true, there was a breakthrough, of, right, right. But there was a process oh, even after the breakthrough. Tough. Even after the breakthrough, I mean, there were there was moments that it looked like she might not survive mm-hmm. when she was in Haiti because of some of her her medical complications. And quite frankly, Julie, there have been some really hard things along the way. I'm an old white woman. Missy's a beautiful Haitian. Wow. We live in a place I love in Tennessee, but we live just about an hour north of where the KKK was founded. Wow. And so we've we've experienced some really ugly racism. Mm-hmm. I'm a single mom. I travel. So it's not all, you know, it's not all daisies and sunshine. There right. are days that are tough, but they're worth it. Yes, yes. Hard is not bad. Right, right. Hard with God is actually can be a kind of exhausting, glorious. Right. We were just in Israel three weeks ago, right after you right. and Pastor Todd I, were in Israel. And it, it was Missy's second time in Israel. And it was so much fun to watch her kind of tour guide to mm-hmm. tell people, oh, you'll love this. This is in Getty. This is where David wrote some of the Psalms, you know. And I'm like, my 13-year-old is telling people why she loves in Getty here in Israel. So there's moments that I go, I cannot believe all that God has done mm-hmm. in a relatively short period of time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful. It's yeah. breathtaking. And, you know, I just think about some people, somebody out there might be just going through a really hard journey mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. They might have had disappointment and af- after disappointment. Yeah. And those, those disappointments mm-hmm. that you experienced were actually seeds being planted. Absolutely. A, a road being yes. paved to the miracle of Missy. Absolutely. Right? I mean, there's stepping stones. Yes. If you believe that our God, and he is, if you really look at scripture, he is a good yes, God. Yes, he is. He's always good. We can't always see that because we have these dinky little finite human minds. So we can't see the comprehensive miracle of redemption. But if you trust that God is good, mm-hmm. 
then even disappointments will stack up and lead to something right. redemptive because no good thing will he withhold from no, him who's walking no, upright. He's a absolutely. good God. He is a good God and he has good things he does. for us. And he does. there is, you know, there, there was a miracle waiting mm-hmm. and there was a, an adoption and a, a rescue waiting yeah. on the other side right. of the journey that you were on, on the other side of your right. obedience. If you want to connect with some friends and dig deeper into the content from the podcast today, we've created a resource just for you. It's called Show Notes Plus. And Show Notes Plus gives you access to the notes from today's episode, discussion questions, key scripture verses, and links to additional resources, and even some devotionals. So make sure you click the link in our show notes so you don't miss out on the chance to dive deeper. I know that you say, I've got a lot of things wrong and, you know, um, and there was a lot of mistakes along the way, which is true, but there was one point where you were completely obedient at that moment that you were asked, you know, will you pray about it? Yes. And you said, I've already prayed about it. There was, there was this moment of obedience. And again, you know, we're not always going to get everything right. right. Not perfect obedience, but you're right. We're not perfect, but, but there is something about obedience, right? Mm -hmm. When we, when we are obedient to what he calls us to do, that obedience is almost like this North star that keeps us headed in the right direction. Right. And one of the things you say all the time is that, you know, the small steps of obedience that we take today are going to determine the God stories that we That's tell right. tomorrow. That's right. And and I know for me, there was a small step into a small church of 25 people almost 40 years ago as a college student wow. that has marked every step of my journey. And, and I know that, you know, just obedience and just this process that God takes us on is really a theme all throughout scripture. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we see it in David. Mm-hmm. We see it in Paul. We see it in the children of Israel. We see Absolutely. it in Esther. And, um, and you are a biblical scholar. So um, mm-hmm. can you unpack just a little bit of that, of just how obedience, it, yeah. this, this theme of obedience, that obedience really is our North Star that keeps us in the right direction. It is. Um, You're gracious to call me a scholar. All I do is parrot other (laughs) scholars. So any good thing I say is is plagiarized. Um, One of my favorite recent um, scholars passed away a couple of years ago is Eugene Peterson, Mm -hmm. who wrote the message. He wrote many, many, many other books, um, wrote that beautiful paraphrase of scripture. But he likens obedience to a long walk in the same direction. And I love that. that because... I, I would call my obedience more um, a long walk with stumbles along the way in the same directions, uh, in the same direction. I did put my hope in Jesus when I was a kid, mm-hmm. when I was five. And he has been so faithful, so faithful, Julie. Um, sometimes my obedience has been him picking me up out of pits I dug myself, slinging me over his shoulder and carrying me to a new place. So there's been so much grace woven into my story of obedience, Um, definitely more God's faithfulness than my um, consistent obedience. The older I've gotten, the straighter I've walked. Mm. And it's because I want to be right up under his wing. He's he's so kind. Mm -hmm. He's so good. I think sometimes in Christian culture, we think of obedience as behavioral modification, Mm -hmm. that I'm going to do the right thing. There's this kind of proverbial one, two, three spiritually, and I'm going to check off, you know, this, all these do gooder things on a spiritual list. I'm like, yeah, that's not really obedience. Mm -hmm. That's behavioral modification. Obedience is to be as closely aligned to who God is 
and who he's called mm-hmm. us to be as we can possibly be. Right. You mentioned David. David didn't do it perfectly. But, you know, he spent almost 30 years between when King Samuel, I mean, uh, Sam, Prophet Samuel anointed him um, and Saul became king, people's choice for a king, a bad king. Almost 30 years from that anointing when he was a kid, a teenager probably, I always think of him defeating Goliath with clear cell dots still on his face, you know, <laughs> he was a kid, um, through to when he sat on the occupied throne of Israel after Saul and Jonathan's death was almost three decades. Right. And he spent a ton of that time hiding from Saul, who was a narcissistic nut job trying to kill him because he was jealous of David's favor with people. Basically, David had a lot more Twitter followers than Saul. So Saul tried to kill him and David hid for years. Mm -hmm. He hid. There was no platform. Right. There were no accolades. There was no applause. He, He just was in the dark waiting on God. And he didn't always do it perfectly. Right. But he put one foot in front of the other and believed that our creator redeemer was good. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's obedience. It's, it's, you know, it doesn't always fit in an acrostic, right. but it is a heart that wants to be next to God more than yeah. it wants to be next to yeah. anyone or anything else. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, I think sometimes in the church world, again, we look at obedience as what we're, what we're not supposed to do right? or the things not right. to well do. Said. And I love this picture. You know, I remember um, reading that the, the cattle farmers in Australia, right in the outback, they are are just masses of land, right? Acres and acres. And there is no way that they can build fences around the cattle to keep them in. It would just just take too much space and time and money. And so instead of building fences to keep all the cattle in, they actually dig a watering hole right in the middle that draw the cattle to the water. That's so good. And so when I think about obedience, it's not just about... God built these fences to keep us in. He's given us the living water to drink from. And when we go to the good stuff, when we when we center our lives towards the middle, towards what all that He wants to give us, all that He wants to bless us with, that that falling in love. You said, you know, as you get older, you just want to stay under His wing, near the water, as close as as close as you can, because there's so much that He doesn't want us to miss out on. And when we look at it like a, a fence, it's like this. It's it's so limited. But when we yeah. look at it as, as a this place hole. to be watered and filled oh, I love and fed. That. That you know, I think you could make this pastoring thing work. You think so? I yeah. think you could. I think that I might do it. I might try it. Fabulous illustration. That was amazing. When you said fence, I was yeah. trying to explain to Missy obedience. We were, we were going through the Ten Commandments recently. And I said, baby, you know when we go bowling, and we don't go that often, but I said, um, remember when we go bowling and you were little, they would put up those felt bumpers on the side of the lane. I still use those, by the way. Well, if I, when I go, if they just have single Christian night, I would probably bowl more often. But anyway, (laughs) they, they, they put up those bumpers and I said, remember how they put up that bumper so your ball wouldn't go in the gutter. Yeah. I said, baby, when when you see what the world calls rules in the Bible, I see those are actually parameters of promise. Right. So They're good. to keep our balls out of the gutter. Mm-hmm. They're to mm-hmm. keep us 
moving toward what he has for us, which is goodness mm-hmm. and joy and kindness yeah. and redemption. So it's not it's not to to keep you away yep. from what would yep. be good. It's to keep you toward what That's is right. best. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I like the watering yeah. hole now. Yeah, better. It's, I'm going to switch to no, that I one. No, I love it. I, it. You know, it's not what he wants from us. It's what he has for yes. us. Because he yes. has created us for so much more. That's and right. I think the older we get to, it's like we look back in the rearview mirror and we go, man, did I miss what did right. I miss? Because right. when I went my own way and you just don't want Mm-mm. those that are coming behind us That's to right. miss out on God's best. That's right. And and you see the times that you got it right. And you're like, oh, Lord, you were so right. good to get me back on track. Right. You know, when right. when I didn't deserve it, when when I didn't earn it. But you have he has such good things. And, and he not he only does. loves us, he likes us. He likes he us does. so much. Doesn't you know, that, that he, slay you? slays me. That was I mean, really hard for me to me believe. Too. It took me a long, long time to yeah. believe in his Song of Solomon, chapter four, verse nine, where that metaphor of our divine bridegroom, where he says to her with one glance mm-hmm. of your eyes, you captured my heart. Mm-hmm. It was so hard for me to believe that. that God would look at me and mm-hmm. smile. Mm-hmm. I could believe that a holy God would look at me and furrow his brows in disappointment. Mm-hmm. But the reality, the truism, the biblical truth that God looks at me and his face lights up like a right. Christmas tree. His right. eyes are filled with delight and yeah. disappointment. That, I mean, to be honest, I'm still learning. That. Yeah, yeah. I I know. I I agree. And I think that, um, you know, if your theology somewhere at the foundation of theology, if there isn't this perspective, right? You know that that we have a good Father that wants good things for us. Right. If you don't, if if that is not at the foundation, that's right. You may go to heaven someday. But you're going to miss out oh, on oh, the full, the best abundant life that yes. he has for us every day. Yes. And we just don't want you to miss it. What a sad life if your whole, if your whole objective is to be right yeah. and to not disappoint God. Right. What, a, what a lonely, sad yes. life mm-hmm. instead of to go, you've got this dad mm-hmm. who he sees you come to the watering hole and he right. starts jumping up and down mm-hmm. and he runs towards mm-hmm. you, as Jesus says in the story of the prodigal. Mm-hmm. That kind yes. of a heavenly father you go, who wants you home, right. who's wearing a jersey with your name on it, <laughs> you know, who has your pictures mm-hmm. all over the refrigerator. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I I think for far too long I kind of saw him as a unibrowed librarian, mm-hmm. you know, that he just wanted me to behave. Right. Not that he wanted me to be filled with mm-hmm. peace and joy. Mm-hmm. And now you carry that so beautifully. Thank and you. um and it's such a testimony to so many that have walked similar paths that you've walked, that maybe there's some mistakes in their past. Maybe there's some, you know, a a long prayer that they've been waiting for God to answer. But when, when we have that perspective and we can walk in that identity, he just has so much more for us than we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. And, you know, um, Lisa, in your, in your book, the, the life, the the devotional called Uh life, I love it. It's got a longer title, but, um, (laughs) but on, on day 66, you say something and I love it. It says, um, you say this, you say the holy and holistic word of God is a lamp unto our feet and it lights our paths. And without it, we're bound to ram our heads into so many walls that we'll lose the ability to think straight. I know that's certainly true for my life. And I'm so thankful for the clarity that God's word brings. And I just wonder if maybe there is a scripture that um, that has brought clarity maybe in this season, or maybe that has just mm-hmm. lit your path for years and years mm-hmm. that you would just share a little bit about. Well, you've already said it better than I have when you talked about the scaffolding in our, of our theology has to be that our God is good. Fancy 
$50 seminary word for that is theodicy. Right. That our God is good, period. There's no variance in who God is. He is He is transcendent, perfectly holy. He chooses mm-hmm. to be eminent, to be close to us. So you start at theodicy and you end at theodicy. He's good and his will for us is for mm-hmm. our good. Um, and to me, the verse that encapsulates that, and it's one of the, just a simple verse, but it began to kind of realign the places in me that were so uh, scarred by shame, mm-hmm. is Psalm eighty four eleven. no good thing does he withhold. Mm-hmm. And uh, the NIV says, from him whose walk is upright, him there is is a, a genderless term. It's mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. us. It's whoever's in Christ um, who loves God. And the promise of that, basically what that says is he won't let us miss it. Mm-hmm. That's right. If you're turning toward the Lord, even if you're stumbling, and if you're like me, you tend to be a little spiritually remedial because I've got to <laughs> learn the same lesson usually three or four times. Um, but he's so good and he's so for me that no good thing will he withhold. He doesn't look at me and go, oh, my heavens, it's Harper again. What a moron. He won't let me miss it. He Mm -hmm. says, that's my daughter. Isn't she beautiful? Mm -hmm. And so I love the promise of that, especially for for the men and the women um, listening to this who might feel like I I just have made one too many bad choices. So there's a chance for me to change my life, but I'm never going to get out of this hole I've dug. That is not true. That's right. No good thing. No good thing. Will he Mm -hmm. withhold? You turn toward Mm -hmm. Jesus and the messiest stories that we've tried to write ourselves, it can still have a really, really redemptive ending. That's right. That's right. He has good things good for things. us. He's a good father Pleasant boundaries. that has good things. That's so, right. Lisa, thank you so much for oh, this. Thank, thank you for, for sharing your story. Me. Thank you for bringing theodicy, uh, the, the, <laughs> the theological word of the day for us. And just thank you for who you are, um, because the closer I get mm. to you, the more I just adore you. Oh, and I'm that's you know that's not always true with people. Reciprocal. But Every time I get to be with you and Pastor Todd, I just... I feel like a donkey, the Kentucky Derby. I just love being with <laughs> you're y'all. So fun. Well, you're a blessing to so many. You're a blessing to our church. You're a blessing to the church. And so thank you for just opening up your heart um, for all of our listeners today. Thank you guys for listening today. And if you haven't already subscribed, we'd love for you to subscribe. Make mm-hmm. sure you check out all of our extra resources. We have some really incredible resources for those of you who are jumping into groups. And we just want to thank you for just being a part of the So Good Sisterhood community. We can't wait to see you next time. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, SoGoodSisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.